0: Hey everybody and welcome to episode 131 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go.
1: Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try?
0: So everyone, welcome back to the show, episode 131. We're pushing on, we're punching on. Great uh, to hear all the feedback we've had on our recent shows. You know, getting lots of quality feedback that last episode. Um, yeah, with the guys in Unit Fitness, really good. Lots of comments on the videos on Facebook as well, and also the episode before with Jason Christoph. That uh, is a really great episode. Um, before we get into today's episode, as always, today's show is sponsored by www.reviveyourself.co and our shop over there where you can get all uh, the supplements that we recommend. Always talking about the, the things we've got from Evolution Organics, uh, the Living Fuel Super Berry and Super Greens, the two best all round products on the market, bar none. Uh, also, if you're going away, we've got our non toxic sun creams there body washes from dr bronner's toothpaste as well um as well as different probiotics uh, and and mushrooms the lion's mane which is a nootropic which means you get phenomenal brain function as well as other things you know, from four sigmatic absolutely fantastic i'll put it into my morning dandelion root coffee and other teas that i have in there As like a morning, (coughs) excuse me, morning elixir, which is which is really good, wicked. Um, So I love. Also got our products from the Finchley Clinic for the more things like MSM there, Um, different uh, different supplements there, including all the different teas we can have, Power Darko, Gotcha Pedra, and we've got our pearl. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's been turned into you. Throat's a little little bit, we're talking too much. Um, we've got our pearl powder from Ancient Purity, which is an absolute health, oh, just a health boosting product that it does so many things. It's been used um, by the Tao in China for, for thousands of years, as well as in uh, uh, our Vedic medicine in India and all through Europe, as internally something that can cleanse the body, help the liver detoxify. And topically, if you make it into a paste put on your skin, for it to youth, uh, euthanize the, the skin to get rid of blemishes. So a little noise there, get rid of blemishes. Um, it's really good for soothing, bringing out toxins and, and helping with anything like acne or, or spots, etc. Phenomenal for the body. It's um, Also, because it's nano, it's nano powder. It's grade A. It comes from the best places uh, on the planet. It's the purest you can get. Um, I don't know if you saw my post about it the other day. It's a phenomenal um, health boosting product. If you haven't seen it, go to www.reviveyourself.co. I've got a post on there or my Facebook page. You to see it. I've uh, also got our EMF blocking devices from Aries Tech. We've got ones for your car, uh, for your laptop, your mobile. And one that can be on your person that blocks 5G. Uh, Our water filtration systems from Aquitaire, one, two, three, or four bedroom houses there uh, for softer hard water that take away 99.9% of all the impurities in your water. Um, Also, if you're heading over to blueblocks.com, B L U B L O X you can get, or .com, you can get the best blue blocking glasses on the planet, uh, from Andy Mamp, you know these are made from an Australian optician, rather than a uh, shoddy factory in China the lenses, and the make. you can actually give them your own frames if you want, and he will make your own glasses, so if you've got the, the artificial light in the day, or if you want to actually go full out with the red blocking glasses blue blocking glasses, sorry, the red lenses at night you've got them there too, uh, also um, if you put in the code REVIVE you're going to get 10% off them uh, and if you head over to www essential Oil Wizardry, Essential Oil Wizardry.com, I should say, and you put in the code revive there for any of their products, you're gonna get 10% off of the best essential oils on the planet. They actually should be on our site very soon. I've been trying to add them to our site, having a little few things that go in the background. Um which is uh yeah, just a few little issues in the background, but they should be on our site too very soon, and I'll be putting more products on the on the site as well as uh, the the wellness carafe, the flower of life the structures of I'll be looking at other things from ancient periods we've got some phenomenal products that will be that we'll be getting uh, on this, on the uh, on the site as well as my book, which is going to be out imminently we're just sorting the last few little things out. And it's coming out, the chronic fatigue solution, which is going to be, for anyone you know who's got chronic fatigue or ME, or in fact any other health issue, it's going to give you the three big secrets to health that I learned and how to heal myself from chronic fatigue and chronic illness. Um, so anything you know, anyone you know, I said before, it's going to give you the complete basics of what to do and what's so important, um, which I will be elaborating on. The future book but these are the keys of fundamentals you need to know and um, go through why I got into this and why I, I do what I do uh, and where I went and who I learned from and what the fundamental topics are that you need to learn to heal yourself the three big secrets as well as other bonus material and um, so that's what coming out well onto today's show we have got a phenomenal guest dr jolene brighton from dr and we'll be talking all about her book beyond the pill as well as other hormonal issues so ladies this is for you men if you've got a lady who suffers from this listen up because you can give us some great information here mums Sisters, brothers, daughters, whoever, anyone you know suffering with this, this is a great episode for you. We go into lots of different areas of this, um, and we should also answer some questions at the end. So, without further ado, here's Dr. Jolene, Brighton. I'll see you on the other side. Okay, yeah, how's that? Yeah, perfect. It says sometimes even though we're not recording in audio, it's sometimes it's nice to see each other so you can just bounce off each other. Um, yeah,
1: totally.
0: Perfect. Nice. You've got the book in the background beyond the pill. Brilliant. Um Yeah.
1: And sorry I'm late. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was clicking on the uh what my assistant put in the calendar and it went to your website and I was like, Oh shoot, I'm supposed to be on Skype right now.
0: Yeah, no worries, no worries, it happens a bit. It's only a couple of minutes anyway, but I've got lots to dig into. How like how much time do you have, roughly?
1: uh we have an hour blocked off is that enough
0: okay well it won't be but we do what we can so there's, there's so much to talk about um so i mean i've got let lots. me look it's at right. my schedule it's all right it's not a problem yeah. we, we do what we can i've got um some questions for you as well from people but cool first first of all um just want to get into i know i think i yeah I come across you on instagram A few people had saying "Oh, look at dr jolene brighton stuff it's really good um especially when it comes to the female like hormones and the pill, etc and um I, I saw a a post that you had on instagram it's actually quite a, quite a new one i was going through a few stuff while i was doing some research for the interview and um you put and it's something that we say quite a lot i don't know if you know um paul check at all mr paul check um he's a health coach he says illness um well say illnesses aren't aren't um aren't natural aren't normal they're just common and you put in your thing period problems are common but period problems aren't normal and so i think it's uh, a really important thing for people especially women to understand that because it seems like lots of p- women have got period problems so just just from from your point of view why did you why did you start writing the book why did you write the book has it been like something you've been very passionate about for years
1: Well, the funny thing is, is that I actually swore off hormonal birth control. I spent two years in a homeless youth clinic prescribing birth control and I was fatigued on it. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with birth control. My husband reminded me that. As I set out to write this book, really, I mean, you don't write a book unless I I mean, you can't not write the book. You're like, I have to write this book. And really what it was about is I spent 10 years on the pill myself. I never had the informed consent. I didn't understand what it was doing in my body. I didn't understand what happened to my body when I came off of it. And this was so true for so many of my patients. So I wanted to write a book to help women understand their hormones, understand their body, advocate for themselves in their doctor's appointments, and also have the information they need about birth control so at the end of the day, they could feel that they made the best decision for themselves, whether it is to go on birth control, to come off, to go another way. I wanted them to be supported in that.
0: Yeah, no, it makes makes sense. It's almost like scratching your own itch, which a lot of us do. Um, And so, you know, it's really important because, you know, some of the stats we've got here, I've I've been through it before. Um, Birth control in the UK was introduced in 1961 from Enoch Powell when he was health uh, minister. Um, It was like a family, uh, family planning sort of association in the USA in 1960. And then by the year 2002, 11.6 11.6 million U.S. women uh, were on the pill. Um, by far, like, one of the most popular medications they've got out there. Um, they say re- reliability, pff, yes and no, depending on who who whose stats you look at. Um, and they said it's currently prescribed to 3.5 million uh, British women, um, so basically one quarter of all British women from the ages of 16 to 49. And, you know, there's a lot of women that are out there on this. And sometimes... It seems like the birth control pill is prescribed not just for birth control; it's prescribed for a lot of other things. So, just in like your research, what have you seen the birth control actually being prescribed for, and, and what are like the, the the symptoms that can come with it?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, birth control was really a revolutionary medication for just about everyone involved. So with women, we graduated college at higher rates. We started getting paid more. Like we could, for the first time in history, really control our fertility. And it was the first time the pharmaceutical company had a drug that didn't require a diagnosis. It didn't require someone to be sick. And so it was really revolutionary for everyone. And in this, I think that we have to talk about how it was designed. Now, it was designed for healthy young, fertile females to space pregnancy or delay pregnancy. And what we've seen over the years is really this evolution in what I call, it's become the pill for every female ill. Mm. So if you have headaches, you have migraines, you have irregular cycles, you have heavy periods, you have painful periods, you have period problems altogether, um, you're experiencing acne. Uh, There are symptoms, uh, you know, that are cyclical with mood or really your doctor can't explain it, but thinks it's reproductive related. We just pass women birth control. And I think it's really important that, women understand I'm not anti-birth control, but what I see as a really big disservice is passing a woman that prescription with no discussion as to why she has these symptoms. And so we see the delay in the diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome. We call PCOS here in the United States. We see the delay in the diagnosis of endometriosis and We often see that other conditions are allowed to arise while women are put on birth control and no one discusses with them what might be actually going on. And for me, I was really fed up with having to tell the 30-something-year-old woman who was now ready to have a baby that, in fact, you likely had polycystic ovarian syndrome this entire time. It's a cardiometabolic disorder. Now we have high cholesterol. We have all these issues. And it's a cause of infertility, and we really should have had this discussion when you were a teenager or in your 20s. And that's something I think women, uh, myself included, have never been given all the information about how birth control works. A lot of people don't realize it actually works on your brain. And yes, it's a it's for the reproductive tract, but it actually works by shutting down brain ovarian communication. And we saw that in 2019 in Scientific American, uh, it was Dr. Kissling who made a really profound and true statement. And that is that long term menstrual suppression via birth control is the largest uncontrolled medical experiment in, on women in history. Like we've never seen anything like this before. And I think it's really important that everybody lets that sink in because there are issues that come up when women take birth control it was you know introduced in the 50s widespread in the 60s and since that time women have complained of things like mood swings depression hair loss acne digestive issues i mean the list goes on and clinicians and even researchers have lined up to dismiss women's stories and to dismiss what they're saying and in reality we don't have a ton of research we do have research but in some of these areas like what is the long-term impact if I put a 14-year-old girl on birth control and she never ovulates and, you know, and she comes off when she's 50? Like, what does that do to her brain, her bones, her heart? Like, there's this, the systems, the things that keep us alive, but also what does it do to her relationships? What does it do to her, uh, you know, as a career-oriented or family-oriented or do-all-the-things kind of woman? These are questions that, you know, women are asking that research has yet to provide answers to. And we're often told, just be grateful you have it. Don't question it. Take it and, and say thank you. And we're seeing new generations of women saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to ask for more information. We're going to tell our stories. We're not going to be silenced in this. And we're going to demand for better iterations in birth control.
0: I know it's, you I mean you said so many things that we can go so many different ways with this because, you know, I, I, I haven't dealt with lots of women myself who've been on, you've been on this since like they were 16 for 10, 15 years. And you think like you're just shutting down your natural, your body's natural cycles and mm-hmm. it's going chemically in doing this. And as you mentioned there, you know, it's the brain, um, the brain connection, um, also, how it can affect people's guts. Um, it can affect the, the, the mouths that they choose, uh, in terms of relationships. Um, I mean, it's, it's there's lot, and then, then you've got to see what, what happens with these drugs when they're combined with other medications? And so mm-hmm. it's a whole sort of like it's almost like a shitstorm as won't for a better word, in terms of understanding. And and as you said, like these these problems aren't normal. So it's like um where do where do women start? Because look, we're we're gonna go into a few different um options as well and as well because today, you know, everyone's also like the diet these days nutrition is almost like a religious a religion now. yeah yeah it's and, always
1: been <laughs> yeah well, it's
0: always been but now it seems to be like even more fanatical of because you like veganism and then you've got carnivore and then you've got paleo and keto and it's like how about you just eat real food and let's just see what goes on there um yeah so you know so this is one of the think because first of all First of all, just because we're going to, I mean, I've listened to you speak before, and there's lots of really interesting things you said um, about about them, the 1915 trials, where um, they showed even low low doses of it shut down the brain um, of ovulating, ovulating communication, uh, and how it cannot disrupt um, the endocrine system. Um, and then you also mentioned how all these women that are taking the, these these you know these pills. Um, what they do a lot of times when they're on these, they go to, the, go to the toilet, both one by one and two, and it ends up in the drinking water, or mm-hmm. it ends up in the system, and then everyone's taking them. So is that yeah. then affecting the men as well, and then fertility overall? I mean, I mean, where do we even start with this? So, uh, <laughs> so just, just for people people out there, because I, I, I do want to get in, into this and how it's messing people up and what it can do, but if, in your opinion, in your opinion, um, when what can what can people do? Because this is this is a, we get onto it first of all. What can people do if they don't want to take the pill? What are some great options out there? Because it's all good mm-hmm. saying like, oh my god, this is related to this, this is related to that, and we can get into that, which we will. But what can these what can women do if they don't want to go on birth birth control um, mm-hmm. or synthetic birth control? What are some other things they can do?
1: Yeah, so chapter 13 of my book is dedicated to non-hormonal birth control options. It's interesting because I've had um, some women write me and say, I'm so disappointed that you didn't talk about hormonal IUDs or Depo shot." and I explain to them, any time I'm talking about progestin, that's synthetic progesterone, that applies to those contraceptives. But the majority, the vast majority of research we have is on the pill because it was the first contraceptive to step on the scene. Now, in terms of non-hormonal birth control options, we have barrier methods. It's about the time when everybody rolls their eyes and is like, condoms. Nobody likes condoms. But let's recognize that no form of hormonal birth control protects you against sexually transmitted infections. So even if you are on the pill, the patch, the ring, the IUD, any of these things, you may, you know, depending on your sexual activity, your status, uh, your relationship type, you may also need barrier methods anyway. So there are condoms. There are cervical caps. That's another barrier method that, you know, anytime we talk about birth control, understand that every form of birth control comes with side effects. And some of those side effects are getting pregnant. So you have to weigh what is best for you. And that's really what I advocate for is informed consent on the individual level. Cervical cap, higher risk of pregnancy. So if that's like, if you're like, I cannot get pregnant, it's probably not going to be the best method for you. And if you're a woman who does not have a history or currently have painful periods or heavy periods or endometriosis, your copper IUD would be your best bet. That is the highest efficacy rate. That means not going to get pregnant with the lowest amount of side effects. And in fact, the copper IUD, women report the greatest amount of satisfaction. This is the contraceptive that like women mostly love. Who doesn't love it? Women who already had heavy, painful periods, it gets worse. And you know, there is some speculative research that it may release copper systemically. And we really need more research to understand who's susceptible to that. And for that, I say anytime you're gonna have a medical intervention of any kind, and especially in reproductive health, track your cycle for a month to three months, get baseline lab testing, and then follow up with that. Because we really need to be evaluating what's true for us. Like I will in this conversation alone say a lot of things that are true, but they not, they're not necessarily going to be true for everyone. Now, and the other thing we've seen is that there have, so we had the FDA approved natural cycles, natural, natural cycles was actually uh, approved in the Netherlands before the FDA in the United States approved it as the first femtech contraceptive device. It leverages fertility awareness method, which is not rhythm method of like, oh, I ovulated it. Like we don't ovulate every single day, um, the same day, every single month. And so instead it's looking at your temperature and it's plugging it into a mathematical algorithm to yep. predict when you're going to ovulate ovulate. With that, we are most successful when we also are paying attention to our body. Our symptoms, our cervical mucus, and fertility awareness method really rivals uh, hormonal contraceptives in yep. terms of its efficacy rate when it's done perfectly. And that's the thing is that when we talk about different contraceptives, there's perfect use and there's typical use. And the typical user of the pill it actually gets pregnant way more often than what we're told when it comes to IUDs there is no user error it's place in IUD, but understand that there are a percentage of women who can get pregnant with these. Um, nature does find a way. But I think it's a really interesting time to see that like we've got uh, natural cycles and DAISY, we've got these fertility monitors, we can start predicting when we're going to ovulate. And some women choose to couple that with barrier methods or choose to couple it with um, some of these gels that are available that actually alter cervical mucus, makes it more difficult for the sperm to reach the egg. So that's really like the variety of what we see available these days, and this is why we're seeing more women advocate for more options because that I mean, compared to like the 1940s, that's a lot of options. But where we're at currently in 2019, I'm like, I think we could do better.
0: Mm. I also think that, um, I mean, there's one thing I want to say that withdrawal I've heard that research and they said that it's got like a 90, 95 plus percent. Um, success rate like success rate so like even just with withdrawal which is people think that it wouldn't have that such a rate but 100% well if you're doing it correctly and also the lady's not ovulating but you know one of the things I say to people I mean if we're dealing with healthy individuals here then yes um, but there's almost a fertility clinic on every corner that there wasn't in 1940 Mm -hmm. Um and people are super. St- at least, well, I want to get into this with you, but we call it um. What we see that modern people in this modern world, well, it's almost like I say this quite a lot on on the show. It's almost like being exhausted is a badge of honour. You know, I work yes. this hard, I don't go to sleep and. I and mean, people are wondering why they can't get pregnant, not why they can. Um, yeah. And they're not eating the right food. They're not sleeping. Not getting the right exercise. Too much. Well, I don't have one. Of those, is that a blue light? Too much blue light. Um, and uh, on and on and on. And uh, I'm saying that like, most of the people I do it's like you're, you're doing well to get pregnant. When they come on and work with us, I'm sure with you, it's amazing they, they, how quickly they can fall pregnant when they're actually relaxed and doing things differently. It's why people go away. And they seem to fall pregnant when on holiday. No stress, sleeping properly, mm-hmm. good nutrition, relaxing. And so, like, would you, would you say, like, um, would you, I mean, this is what I always say, like, the fertility clinics, they're just printing money these days. So would, would you say, do you advocate just withdrawal with people that are monitoring these things? Would it be something that you'd be like, yeah, you know, as long as you're doing it properly, you can both enjoy each other. And it's something that you would say, yeah, as long as you're doing it properly, you give that a go.
1: Well, when we look at the science, uh, the withdrawal method, uh, it, it, it I was shocked. Like, so as doctors, we're like taught, no, 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 no. And when you get into the science, there is a high efficacy rate. But you know, the, the concern I have is that if a woman is like, there's absolutely no way I can get pregnant. Like this is very different than, you know, a married, couple stable in life that are like, we get pregnant, we get pregnant. But is that, you know, this is a method that takes the control out of women's hands and you have to trust your partner in that. And there is, you know, uh, there is evidence that semen does live in pre-ejaculate or what gets called pre-cum and that, mm-hmm. that, you know, that is a possibility. There's also evidence that like, it's not as much as we've been led to believe in yeah. our nine non-scientifically accurate sex ed classes. And so, you know, depending on your life circumstances, withdrawal method, you know, during your fertile wet, uh, window or what gets called, um, the pullout method as well. And I talk about in this book, in, in my book, Beyond the Pill, like that might be a method that you and your partner choose. But if you're a woman who says getting pregnant is not an option, then I wouldn't advocate for that because right. a woman is no longer in control. And so, again, it comes to those individualized factors and like why you're doing what you're doing. But, you know, to your point about um infertility, you know, part of that is that we are delaying pregnancy like we used to get pregnant once upon a time at 16, like we were married and having babies and now, and then it was our, you know, teenage uh, or later teenage years than our twenties. And now we're seeing more women are delaying pregnancy and trying to conceive until after 35. And I hear from so many of my patients who are like, if I knew how difficult it was to get pregnant this entire time, like you have to time it, right? Mm. They're like, I don't know that I would have used hormonal birth control. Instead, I would have rather understood how my body worked, and then what my options were to work with my body. And what most of us got was a story of, if someone looks at you, you might get pregnant, like you could just get pregnant at any time. We're not fertile throughout the entire month. There's really only this week window where we can get pregnant. And it's really been, uh, you know, in a lot of women, like the patients I've worked with, and women who write me and their stories, I realized that it's something that has been very disempowering for women. And it's And it was a a reader who wrote me and said, I feel like everything was set up to control my body and that I was told like that my body was like broken. That's why I have symptoms and that I could get pregnant so easily. And then I have to take this medication every day, which then muted my entire reproductive system. And it's interesting just to hear these stories as much as we celebrate that we have access to birth control to also hear women saying, And I was misinformed, not just in sex ed, but my doctor misinformed me. Some women saying, I feel like my doctor purposely misinformed me to coerce me into using this medication because they were afraid I would get pregnant. And I don't know that that's exactly what's going on, but it's it's an interesting thing and a thing I think we need to pay attention to in medicine if women are feeling this way.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dr. Jack Cruz is saying, um, I listened to him a few, uh, last week, he was saying, and my, and my dad said the same thing, Is like, in, when we were younger, he has to be more careful of that because I feel like everyone was a bit more healthy. Like everyone's so stressed these days. Falling pregnant, people come off the pill and they think, oh, I'll fall pregnant in in a weekend or month. It doesn't happen that way. They have to line, and both partners have to be doing the things right. Uh, and so, just quickly, like, in your experience, has, have you noticed that your clients that have had long-term exposure to the pill have found it more difficult to fall pregnant um, after, like when they've come off of it? I know you talk about something called um, post-birth um, control syndrome. Like, Would that be one of the side effects? And what are the side effects of, of post-birth control syndrome?
1: hmm You know, it's really interesting when it comes down to the fertility discussion, because I have seen that women who have used the pill long-term do struggle to conceive later in life. But is it because the pill or hormonal birth control caused this? Well, we don't have any studies to show that, and it's pretty complex. So- First thing is, why did they get put on it? If They got put on it because of regular periods and maybe that they had polycystic ovarian syndrome or hypothyroidism this entire time, two conditions that are associated with infertility. Um, there are studies that show the younger you're put on birth control for painful periods and the longer you stay on it, the higher the probability you'll be diagnosed with endometriosis, also a leading cause of infertility. So we can't say that birth control caused it, but it did mask the issues that would have led to fertility and perhaps delayed uh, her getting access to the healthcare that she needed and getting the interventions to preserve her fertility. The other issue is that, as I talked about, you know, women are delaying. So why do we take birth control? To delay pregnancy. And um, with that, as we age, our in our production of CoQ10 declines. CoQ10 is an antioxidant that's highly protective of the ovaries and very important for mitochondrial health, which are concentrated in the ovaries, these little powerhouses that generate our energy. It's really important and for
0: the heart as well, right?
1: super important for the heart and for the brain. Yeah. And then, you know, you're on a medication that's also depleting that. So birth control depletes CoQ10. It depletes uh, vitamin E, vitamin C, other antioxidants that are involved in protecting the ovaries. It depletes um, folate and B12. So these are two B vitamins that Mm. you need before you ever conceive. It's why we saw one iteration of the pill actually came with folic acid in it. And it's why it's recommended that any woman who is sexually active in a reproductive years be taking a multivitamin or prenatal to ensure she has folate. We know that the outcomes for baby are very poor if mom's folate status is compromised. And so there are all of these nutrients that birth control is depleting that our ovaries and our eggs require to be as healthy as possible. Now, can we say birth control caused that issue? No, because it was indirect. And it's really, it's a it's a correlation with this. Um, and we're not really at a place to be able to say that birth control caused uh, infertility at all. And I think that when we understand all of the confounding variables um, uh, in this, then we can start to understand that, like... Yes, birth control could be involved, but maybe not in the way that we're thinking. And one hypothesis that I have that other researchers have, like Dr. Sarah Hill is um, a researcher studying women's brains and hormonal birth control, and she has said this as well, is that when we're on birth control, it actually alters mate selection. So if we are selecting for a mate who is more genetically identical to us, and when we come off birth control to try to have a baby... That might be what's going on. It's mm-hmm. um, we actually are mismatched with the with the right mate, genetically speaking, to have the most viable offspring. Now I'm not saying go divorce your husband or break up now or anything like that, but these are more, and I, I understand that what I say is very inconvenient. It's very inconvenient to receive this information. And trust me, as a woman who did the pill for 10 years, and I'm super grateful, I'm a first-generation college student, the first woman not to get pregnant before my 20s in my family. I come from a giant Hispanic family. And so this is a really, really big deal to me to have this tool. But I also look back at some of my relationships that I had while I was on birth control, and I'm like Yeah, you know, I don't know that I would have dated that guy. Mm. Um, and I even look at, um... And it's, right, it's like, I can totally, it's hindsight's 20-20, we can always say these things. I could be like, it wasn't me, it wasn't him, it was the pill. Um, but I do look back at, like, what we know from the research of how we select mates, and part of its pheromones, we can go deeper in that, but also part of his facial structure. Um, and so for anybody who's ever seen Beauty and the Beast, and there's Gaston, and he he sings about how beautiful he is, that is that kind of archetype of a masculine, higher testosterone, uh, protector of the tribe kind of archetype that we would select for. However, when we're on birth control, we actually like a more feminine, uh, feminized nail face and uh, structure. And so it's very, very interesting as we look at all of that is that there's so much at play. I don't know that we'll ever be at a place to say that birth control did indeed cause uh, infertility because there's so much more going on. Like there are reproductive endocrinologists um, who are engaged in research and have reported that endometrial lining can be thinner. Uh, we know this, okay? So why does it birth control help those heavy periods? Well, because of those synthetic hormones and downregulation of receptors that we thin the endometrial lining, the lining of the uterus where baby has to implant. As I talk about in my book, you want to think about it. I think about it like, do you want to snuggle in a comfy down comforter or do you want to be on the floor? And mm. like, what, what would you choose? And so if we think about the fertilized egg, it wants that comfy uh, down comforter. And, this is and Japanese, been... yeah. Yeah. That's
0: your
1: <laughs> but we want, uh, there's been preliminary data showing that perhaps that endometrial lining may not recover when women come out really? of birth control. And so it isn't something where we need to vilify birth control. We need to tell every woman to get off of it, but we do need to be asking these questions. And I think we need to go a little bit into what woman is susceptible and what woman is not susceptible. So we can have a better education around contraceptives. It's the same with post-birth control syndrome. So to answer your question, post-birth control syndrome is the collection of signs and symptoms that arise about four to six months on average coming off of birth control. It can come on before then. It could come on much later. If it comes on much later, it's usually a woman had symptoms. She put up with them until she couldn't put up with them. And it really can show up in any system in the body because. Every system of your body has hormone receptors. Every one of your natural hormones impacts every system of your body, which means synthetic hormones. They get to do that too. And so... We can see new onset of neurological issues like brain fog, migraines, headaches. Uh, We can see issues with skin. So uh, rebound of androgen leading to cystic acne. It's not always PCOS. It can sometimes be just brand new, comes out of nowhere seemingly for her. Rashes, hives. I've seen psoriasis and eczema um, after women come off birth control. These are autoimmune conditions. Um, We understand there's a, uh, you know, there's a study out of Harvard that if you have a family history of Crohn's disease, you spend five years or more on birth control, you have a 300% increased risk of developing this autoimmune condition of the gut, which is really show, uh, really demonstrates how much birth control impacts your gut health mm-hmm. from disruption of the kind of bugs that grow in your gut, your mouth, and your vagina to intestinal hyperpermeability. And so there's a lot of ways that birth control impacts us. And if we know this and we understand this, we can take action to protect our body while we're on it, advocate for ourselves in our doctor's office, get the right lab testing and evaluate, is this form of birth control really best for me? Some women will find that they just switch pill formulations and they do much better. Other women will go from a pill to an IUD and they do much better. And so we have to start understanding how can we educate and inform women so they can avoid birth control side effects, they can be more successful on it and select the contraceptive that's going to be best for them.
0: Yeah, it's 100% about unders- like getting all the information out to people so they can make an informed choice. I mean, you mentioned there about the gut as well. I mean, I've heard you say before that um, that it can cause absence uh, of the sounds in the bowel, which can be a, a like a sign of degeneration of the nervous system, which can then give you like um uh, tell you that you're uh, early signs of neurological degen- degeneration so like issues to the brain and that's it's a huge thing for people you know if you start to get neurological degeneration early early and you touch on totally. so many, yeah you, you touch on so many things there um uh, uh, <laughs> dr brain. well let's
1: talk about that real quick because this yeah. is something that i think is really fascinating is yeah. that the natural progesterone that you make after ovulation actually helps with you forming the myelin sheath. So yeah. um, everybody's seen those ugly orange extension cords. Why is that orange little plastic layer there? So that that electrical conduction isn't diffused. It, mm-hmm. it goes straight to the source. And with that that's what the myelin sheath does and we require estrogen and progesterone what we make birth control cannot mimic these in terms of neurological health but in addition nutrients like b12 which are being depleted by hormonal birth control and so you know sometimes i'll hear doctors say well there's no evidence that says birth control causes this and i'm like but we can reverse engineer what we know about physiology And go back and say, well, this is what we know hormones do for us. You don't have those hormones while you're on birth control. As much as doctors like to say, it's exactly what your body makes. No, it's not. You can't patent what the body makes. So just like from a business perspective, shut it down. That ain't even right. And from a biochemical perspective, they are structurally different. You can see them and they are structurally different. Um, But in that, if you have nutrient depletions alone, that can impact neurotransmitter synthesis, um, that can impact uh, neuroplasticity and also nerve conduction and nerve health. And so It isn't like that I can say birth control directly causes neurological degeneration because like I said, despite the 100 million women worldwide taking hormonal birth control, we barely have research to understand like does it actually do this? So no, we're not in a place where we can say causation. But at the end of the day, I don't care whether there's a study or not. If I have a patient in front of me who's struggling, who's having issues, it is my due diligence to work it up in every capacity and to ensure that birth control isn't the hindrance in her healing process.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, Oh, also, like a lot of times who's going to fund these studies do they they really want to get the results to them and and also statistics mean nothing to the individual you know if if you're dealing with someone they've got an issue, and I don't care how many scientific papers say that's not true. Well, when I eat this, I feel like this it's like well, you know and it, and that's where it comes this is why everything you this is why I always say to people as much as everything we're saying here, and you've probably experienced it a million times. When I've had women come to me at Ryan, they want to put me on HRT, they want to do this, they want to give me that. It's like, okay, first of all, let's just let's try this. Let's start eating real food. Let's start going to bed earlier, relaxing, doing things you enjoy. Let's start doing the exercises. That instead of depleting your body's sources and life force, we start giving you life force. Let's do all the things in, that we can do, mental, emotional, and everything. All of a sudden, oh my God, Ryan, I feel so much better. This is gone. This is I've, I've got testimonials through the roof. I'm sure, I'm sure you have. It's like funny that when you start to give the body what it wants and needs, it starts to find balance. And, Look, some people's issues are not um are going to need a few more tweaks than others and it's going to take a little bit longer especially if someone's been on things for a long period of time I always say like everyone's different and so like you need it but when you start giving you know I always say you don't see these symptoms of the tribal women that are researched or the women that are we call it um as the health, like health holistic health coaches the syndrome we call Russian women syndrome you know where Women are basically, and they talk about this, and I don't care where the world's going today, I've said it a million times on the show and I'll say it again, I don't care if we're in 2019, they try to tell us that men and women are the same, we're not, we never will be. Obviously we're more similar than we are different because we're human. Well,
1: men well But you bring up an interesting point because what you said earlier at the top of this, and if anyone missed it, go back, rewind, listen, is you said women are given birth control and then they're given other medications right. along with that. And those medications were not necessarily ever studied for a woman's body. And I think that is one of the most eye opening thing for people to recognize that. Much of women's medicine has been tested on a man and call it the same in a woman. And as we, you know, uh, as more um, reports and research is coming out on medical gender bias and gaslighting that happens, we are really starting to understand how medicine has gotten it wrong, that mm. we don't actually respond in the same way. And it is one of those things that I don't know. I don't know why. But how this how could we?
0: But how could we? Because like, with yeah. that is it's in, I always say to people, like, I say to them, my, my guys, like, you guys, we've got a far more robust hormonal profile than you. We're like, always say a million times, we like pick up trucks, you can forecast a bit, bits, eventually break down. You guys are more like Ferraris. You look fantastic, but once a month you have an issue and you need special care. And because you're meant to have enough resources on board for two people, not just one, you've got a whole, you're like the crown jewels. Every <laughs> tribe took care of the women, not because it was sexist, but was because they knew that without you guys, the tribe stopped.
1: Yeah, you know it's
0: gone, and so when you mentioned that a minute ago, and I want you to carry on, but when you mentioned like uh, CoQ ten and depleting, um, depleting thing, um, like not getting enough v- B vitamins as well, straight away my mind goes to vegans. Like, are you getting enough vitamin B twelve, etc.? And also talking about other things that deplete um, brain function, etc. Then you're mixing these things with statins that like people are on statins. Yeah. And like, what's that doing to the body and the heart and and everything else? So, yeah, I just uh, c- carry on. But is this a few? You mean you hit on so many points there? You talk. You haven't even talked about like what what can occur in terms of like statistics on death rates and making testosterone un- unavailable and how it impairs muscle gains and blood clots, etc. But like, it's just carry on with what you were saying. But I just wanted to get it in there for people. Like, we're we're not we're not the same. I mean, same you know. It's like mm-hmm. giving. It's like it's, it's, it's just really simply as well. You give an average man. Just to put this in a simple terms, you give an average man two pints of beer, and you give an average woman two pints of beer. Who's going to be more drunk? You know, it's just yeah. because just because I mean, it's, it's very simple. I'm not saying, but it's just like our bodies respond and different take different amounts of things. So, how can giving a, a medication? A uh, some sort of dose to a man be exactly the same t- as a woman, and especially because they've got so much more going on when it comes to mm-hmm. like you. You just you you, you are so before the crown jewels and out everything going on. You need and it's why I always say to them when you take away this, it's almost like women trying to. I always say because in today's world you've only got single moms and they want to be obviously a beautiful wife and and and, and the um and the, and the mother and they earn money and just try, do everything that maybe. In, back in the day, they, they weren't expected to do. You say, like, you're almost living like a man in a woman's body in terms of biologically, and then you get these issues. And when you take a step back, and it's the same with men as well that are completely stressed, but especially a woman, when you take a step back and let the body calm down and do less, it's it's amazing the results you can get just from sometimes doing simple things without even. Because sometimes, I mean, you might have experienced this as, uh, as well, and I'm sure you have, like, sometimes you test. And you can get results that show symptoms rather than the root cause because the because because there's so much going on, they're not doing a million and one things right. When you start doing the, the things right, then you can start getting to the root cause. I mean, I know I've waffled on there a bit, but it's just you've hit on so many things. I think it's really important for uh, our listeners to like uh, to to understand that you know, first things first, and then you can look at these because there's lots going on. We need to mentioned like the gut, then the brain, mm-hmm. you know, and then. What you meant? Oh, the other thing I want you to go deeper into as well. You put it in your book. It's in the section: the pill and your bad boyfriend. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like, if you're picking the wrong, the wrong mate, or I say the wrong mate, or you're attracted to the wrong person because you're on it, you're on it. You know that. That I mean, what statistic? I think it was like one in four women that come off of it end up separating from their their partner. Was that correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So we see that there are higher, um, divorce rates initiated by women who have been pill users. So, um, it's a very interesting thing. Um, you know, we know that the libido goes down while women are on birth control. It's what I say is the sneaky way that it really works is that you don't want to have sex. Yeah. However, there are some studies that say that when women come off of birth control, they actually report more sexual dissatisfaction. Now, Maybe that's because they're afraid of getting pregnant or maybe there's something else going on because what we come have come to understand is, is that when you're on birth control, uh, women actually select for m- mates on different criteria. What are they more interested in? They're more interested in how much money they make and how smart they are. Now, that's right away where I've had people say to me, like, you shouldn't share that because that just makes women s- sound like gold diggers and terrible people if they're on birth control. I'm like, No. From an evolutionary perspective, this is the modern way of finding that provider mate. That's when they're
0: off. Yeah, that's when they're off
1: that's when they're on. Oh, when they're 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 on, right,
0: right, right, right. right. Yeah.
1: And so when they're not on birth control, they actually, um, the, how attractive your mate is matters more. So if you're on birth control, you got a man who makes money and is really smart, but you come off of birth control and you're not interested, it may very well be because now you're smelling his pheromones. You're smelling that MHC complex. Like we like to think that we're like the, these really advanced creatures, but at the end of the day, we're just animals. And all of this is, um, you know, in a lot of things that you've been saying, I'm like, this is what we're talking about is an evolutionary mismatch. Like yeah. the way we run ourselves in modern society is an evolutionary mismatch with like, I mean, people will say like, no, we've had time to adapt. Really? Because in my (laughs) lifetime, like I have gone from having no internet to having a a phone in my hand, a computer in my hand at all times. Like that is a big disruption. And I don't think that like we can celebrate it and we can also question it. There's no long-term research either on like what the heck happens when you spend most your day on social media. The other thing that you spoke to is the evolutionary mismatch, which is to be a woman in a society set up by men who are cyclical in a 24-hour period. They are not cyclical over a month period like we are. And we try to match that productivity. We try to match our way of living to that. That is also an evolutionary mismatch that can burn us out in all of this. But, you know, to the point of Nate's selection, I mean, it is very interesting. Like, So they did a study where they had women actually... um Come in, they had all these uh, screens, and they were like, manipulate the faces, however you want them to look. And they changed men's faces and changed women's faces. And the, all these women off of birth control change every male's face to be more attractive to them, which was, again, Gaston, which is that strong jawline and all of these things. And then they put half the women on birth control. Three months later, they have them come back. They start to alter the faces again. Women's faces mostly left alone, men's faces the, the jawline decreases, more feminization. They And what researchers think is that when we are on birth control, we're actually attracted to people who are more genetically similar to us. So that's that major um, histocompatibility complex that we smell in pheromones. So this is where everyone goes, ew, because research is like, well, you're on birth control. You're more likely to be attracted to someone that's like genetically your cousin mm. than genetically diverse. And why is that? Well, the speculation is that because then, you know, if this is m- mimicking pregnancy and, and please everybody like birth control is not smarter than your body and mimicking pregnancy. But if it, if that is like, what's going on is that we're not ovulating and, and it's that pseudo pregnancy, then we would actually want to be around our family and people that would protect us. So we'd be selecting to hang out with people who are more genetically similar to us. And so this is very interesting because they've done t-shirt studies. And if you're on birth control you select for someone, you smell it, and you're like, oh, yeah, like that smells good. Turns out they're more genetically similar to you. You're off of birth control, you select for someone who's more genetically different, which means your baby, your potential offspring, has a more robust immune system, which means more likely to survive in the environment. And it's basically giving them a genetic advantage. And so, This is something that like we have to start looking at. I mean, I could I could talk for like three hours just on how birth control may be impacting our romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. our relationship with children, how we are as bosses, how we are as employees, like because there are these subtle things going on. But nobody really wants to talk about this because. We, you know, there are people who say like, we can't talk about the differences of male and female brains because that is going to put women at a disadvantage and it makes us look weaker. And like, we can't talk about that with birth control because that's going to hurt women's ability to get jobs. And, you know, at the end of the day, we really have to stand back and look at how we have survived as a species. It is by working together. There are differences, but the differences doesn't make anyone the lesser or anyone weaker they're meant to be compatible so that as a species we survive
0: oh that just is 100 percent. i can't it's i always say to people like you, you don't have the sun without the moon you know you got we got fire and water you know left and right and all this like we want to be the same it's like no you know, a woman isn't meant to be everything a man is she's meant to be everything a man isn't and vice versa and this is why, like, I, this whole thing about we don't need men and all this—it's like really, it's like we've always been better. <laughs> it's just like we've always been better together. I don't understand it. Like, this is why people like back in the day, relationships are very hard nowadays because of a million things. Where you can swipe, and he said once hormones were over the place, and being sold this, this dream of everyone's got to work harder and longer, and and you'll f- find fulfillment in success rather than actually, you know, having a family and, and being being happy. Um, and like, it just it baffles me when like uh, throughout all of history men and women have done better when they've worked as a team. And you know, mm-hmm. team teamwork makes a dream work and I think it's so important to hear that from that you, know, you don't have to be anything that the other other sex is, you need to, to work as a team and that's what it is, it's complements each other. It's why like for example when when you do have a child, you know, the mum's like, no, come here, be careful, you know. Let's make sure whatever and the dad and the dad might be like. Oh, he'd be fine, you know. And it and it's like you need that push and pull and tug, and it's it's really important. And this is to something you mentioned there as well about how it can affect jobs, how it can affect your life, even with men. You know, they've they noticed that men's testosterone has been dropping greatly the last mm-hmm. fifty to sixty years. I mean. Obviously probably to do with poor food, probably less sleep, um, being overly stressed, but wondering if it's because lots
1: of xenoestrogens yeah, in lots
0: the environment. Of xenoestrogens, yeah, yeah, SLSs, parabans. And wonder if it's because well maybe is it because women are choosing to procreate with men that are are less alpha males or less testosterone. Could that be something that's going on?
1: There are researchers who are wanting to answer this question of what happens when women are procreating with men more genetically similar, not just to, uh, you know, not just to their relationship, but what happens to those children? Like, as we see the rise of autism, allergies, autoimmune disease, like everything has to be on the table for us to question. And I, so just to be really clear for everybody, I am not saying birth control caused any of those things, but it is something that there are things that we are told as a society that we can't question and we can't talk about and that is one of the most anti-science statements there could be is like don't don't question that because this was part of the women's movement and yeah there are researchers saying we do have to question this you know on the flip side men there have been studies and men so with uh, exotic dancers they're less apt to tip women Uh, as much if they're on birth control and women who are ovulating make more money and that is something that like you know it's because of what men are picking up on and what men are perceiving
0: it's so funny that i wonder it's like it's weird because you think as you said we think about this elaborate um, organism and that we're above nature and stuff. And obviously those things are, are, are impacting us. And some mate, my friends have said to me before. Well, you know, we adapt and change. I'm like, well, it's just because it's 2019. We've got the internet. It doesn't mean you get rid of tens of thousands of years of of instincts. And it's weird because a girl that's on, um, is it a stripper, or even just a normal girl that's on birth control. You come up and you see her in a bar, or you see her out, or you see her in the yoga class, or even a stripper she might get less money because she's less inclined to, to be attracted to someone. So therefore she's, she's not as full fright. Whereas mm-hmm. if she is, and she sees someone and she comes up, maybe she'd be acting more sexy or something. I mean, it's not me trying yeah. to be a male chauvinistic pig. I'm just saying like, because, and as a guy, you're like, oh, she actually likes me. This is, this is, this is turning me on. And, uh, and therefore you, you pay more money, you know, rather than someone who's maybe not because they're, as you said, they're their um natural instincts are being suppressed by the medication they want you know and i think that i mean just just trying to think through, through in my head like some sort of maybe just um common sense answer for that you can probably see that in, in people right you know uh, especially it's like the hard part about i suppose about not having birth control and using the draw symptoms when you're ovulating uh, women are generally more horny correct
1: Mm-hmm. so testosterone rises and yeah. that is uh evolution that's best saying let's get in the mood let's yeah. capture some sperm those critters can live five or six days and that increases our odds that when we ovulate we'll be pregnant
0: so yeah i mean this is like this is why there's so many things and i know we've only got a little bit of time left so i'm gonna just ask you a couple of questions but you know yeah just get into like um just for people out there you know they need to look into this how how um how the uh, birth control pill can uh, can affect uh, the, the risk of blood clots and stroke and um, incre- <laughs> increases in, in women um that are smokers particularly smokers after the age of 35 I think since the year 2000 death rates in women between the ages of 35 and 44 have increased, um, uh, significant increase of people, of women that use the birth control as a possible contributing factor as I say we have to look at possible possibilities um talk about may keep testosterone uh, unavailable for women's uh physiological needs causing long term health problems including sexual dysfunction lots of that people could look into i uh, just want to put it out there so people can mm-hmm. go do their own research and go and get your book beyond the pill um and they can read it i mean follow you on instagram at dr jordan brighton and your website is dr
1: it's drbrighton.com, Dr. D-R-B-R-I-G-H-T-E-N.com.
0: E-N, E-N, yeah, not Brighton, like right, the place we've got down here, E-N. So a yeah. couple, <laughs> couple, of, couple of questions, a uh, couple of questions. So I've got a, a question here from uh, a lady that says, um, could you ask the doctor what she'd recommend for me? A uh, stage one grade endometrical cancer, Everything mm-hmm. removed, including ovaries and cervix. Age 37, uh, she, then she's now at 40 years old. Uh, cancer was hormone responsive. Would she recommend HIT? I can't tolerate bioidentical estrogen, so what would she suggest?
1: Yeah, I would recommend discussing with your doctor potentially using something like DHEA, which is a hormone that's made from the adrenal glands and it's a precursor to testosterone and estrogen. So it won't, um, in women who don't tolerate estrogen or have had estrogen positive cancers DHEA has been shown to be beneficial. It can help when it's applied topically in terms of strengthening the pelvic floor, urinary incontinence, improving libido. And it can help with a lot of the symptoms that we have postmenopausal. If you've had your ovaries removed, that's surgical menopause, so to speak. So um, what you would have went through late 40s, 50s, that's happened because of surgery, which was, you know, depending on what was going on, was likely absolutely necessary. And so if you if that is your condition, you definitely want to check in with your doctor. And if you start any kind of hormone replacement therapy, including whether that's um, DHEA, testosterone, progesterone, definitely having that conversation with your doctor um, so that you can make sure that you're monitoring. So um, when we start it, yes, we need you to collect your own data, but having following up la- follow-up lab testing about eight to 12 weeks later can make sure that you're staying safe on that. And then, of course, you know, there's always the lifestyle therapies in terms of making sure that you're getting plenty of sleep, making sure that you're moving your body. You know, there was a study that came out that showed, you know, exercising three times a week was a significant uh, treatment for hot flashes. So, this is something that a lot of women, once they lose their ovaries or their ovaries quit, go through and experience. And so that is something that, you know, can help with hot flashes with sleep. And then of course, you know, fueling your body, having great blood sugar balance, making sure that you are eating lots of leafy greens and vegetables. Um, you know, the carnivore diet is the only diet that's rejecting vegetables all out that I've ever seen. But every other diet, nobody argues with the fact that like we could eat more vegetables, but that will support um, your liver and your gut in estrogen metabolism. And for a long time, medicine thought, we only make estrogen from our ovaries. And then it was okay, well, we make DHEA from our um, adrenal glands, and that gets converted to estrogen. And as it turns out, our, our bones, our fat, other cells in the body are making estrogen as well, and so we really need a lot more research to understand the uh, breadth of that. But we can engage in practices that we know optimize hormones overall, because those are the same practices that lend themselves to longevity and a healthy life.
0: Hundred like, percent. I mean, everything you said there is perfect, and lifestyle obviously is huge. You need to get there, but you need to get. We say first things first. Um, another question. Um, doctor is um lady comes in with um, my daughter's always suffered with very intense mood swings she didn't actually start her period until she was 18 doctor's Mm. only answer uh, regarding her mood swings was the pill i'm desperate to get her off it she's 32 has no children and doesn't want children at least not at the moment she gets really really low bad temper um really bad and really high the opposite way, which I see as her normal, happy self. I'm trying to get her to alter her diet too. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: we definitely want to get lab testing and partner with a doctor, especially when we're having significant mood swings like that. But Starting your period at 18 is too late and someone should have been working that up when she was 16. So two conditions that I'd say should be investigated. One is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which can result in an ovulatory cycle. So you're not ovulating. You don't have ample progesterone. Progesterone hits the GABA receptor in your brain, which is a neurotransmitter that helps you feel chilled out. But in addition, in PCOS, we have excess androgens. So we think of testosterone or male hormones. And too much of those, yes, we can have acne, we can grow hair on our face, but we can also feel very enraged. And so that is something definitely worth investigating as well. And then looking at, could this potentially be hypothyroidism? So hypothyroidism is very, very common in women. And a very common reason to see irregular periods or delayed onset of menstruation. So 18 And it's about two years too far um, in terms of when she should have been worked up. And I really, I'm so sorry uh, to, and yay for her having an awesome mom who's advocating for her, but getting a TSH, a free T4, a free T3, TPO, and thyroglobulin antibodies are really the minimum to evaluate what's going on there. And it may very well be that she's hypothyroid, she's having anxiety, and that's manifesting more as rage. It could be that the adrenal glands are also starting to struggle; they're kicking out catecholamines, which are fight or flight, um, and you want to fight kind of hormones when they um, hit the brain. And it also could be that there's something more is going on. Like if it's autoimmunity, well, that is an inflammatory condition, and inflammation in the female brain can absolutely alter our moods as well. So I would say. Get with the doctor, get lab testing and work it up because something is going on there. It is not, it should never be considered normal to not start your period until 18. And maybe it turns out that was normal for you. But the only way to know that is to work it up
0: yeah 100% and I think at the end when she says there I'm trying to get her to alter her diet too and I think diet and lifestyle looking at that first as well everything you said there I 100% agree with And I think just altering um yeah, getting into that as well I think it's something that you know have to go there first so we understand I always say to people I'm when when, we, when we're getting tests you know I always say well let's get let's get the basics in place first and then let's see what disappears because then when we test, we get the real results, rather than going to I this once, and I was one place wanted me to work for them. And they're like, this person come in, and they're like, "Right, well, I'm going to get tested for this, 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 and this. And I was like, do you agree? I was like, no, I don't agree. So why not? I was like, well, because they're eating cheese strings and frosted flakes and all this rubbish. The body is in a completely dysregulated state. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. let's try and get them at a base level first, and then we can see what's really going on. Is there anything I'd add? But 100% agree. The other one I've got here, um, last, I think last, we've got time for maybe one or two more. Let's have a look. Um, she said, I have, uh, lady says, I've got the um, Marina, no, my, yeah, Marina. Marina. Yeah, Marina. Yeah, Maria Coral footage, yeah. Um, due to heavy periods. Should I get it out? Um, uh, should I get it out? She's a bit of an old lady. I don't think I'll have periods anymore, um, anyway. And I'm doing like a she's essentially she's also doing like a holistic health programme. And she's saying like, do you the program will take care of it? Should I take it out? Or do you think I'll have periods anymore anyway? She's a bit of an old lady, I think she's over fifty years old.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's definitely a misuse of hormonal birth control is to leave a woman on it when she's postmenopausal. So, you know, for every woman that's listening, and I talk about this in my book, is I say, like, if you got on birth control because of symptoms, work with your body for a good three months before you decide to transition off. And that means bringing in high quality fuel foods and making sure that you've got the sleep dial in all the lifestyle factors. So I go through all of that in the book and, you know, and that may also include supplementation that supporting yourself for a good three months before you make that transition off. If there is a risk of, you know, there are women who have extreme periods to the point where they they may need to have um, iron infusions um, to be able to bring up their iron levels again. If there's a risk of that, definitely talk to your doctor about, okay, what is a plan that if I come off and this happens, what can we do that doesn't mean placing another IUD? Because those are like five-year shelf life, three to five years, depending on, you know, the type that you have. And, you know, and they might be able to say to you, okay, If you've done everything right and you're getting all the diet and the lifestyle pieces and you come off and then you have this very heavy period, maybe we want to bring on some bioidentical progesterone. Maybe we want to use a different kind of therapy to slow the flow. Will you continue to work on those things? We have to recognize that pharmaceuticals are designed to give instant gratification and to work immediately. They have a time and a place. But diet and lifestyle therapies can take longer because you're working with the body And in doing that, it may not be that like you just do the same diet lifestyle practices for three to six months. It may be that you uncover things and you modify things as you're going through that process so that you enable your body to heal. But you have to be patient with your body. And sometimes women hear this stuff about birth control and they're like, I'm just going to jump off right now. Well, if you are someone who's in your fertile years, make sure you have a backup method because getting pregnant while you're going through all this may not be the the top thing on your agenda.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I always say to people, this, this is what you said there. Um, you know, as you go through things, things can change. We're like an onion; different layers peel back, and you can see. Totally. And if you've been doing things wrong for for years and years, you know you can't do things right for a few weeks and expect to to be completely fixed. You need to go through a healing stage. And so, last question I've got for you, um, mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll let you go because I know you're very busy. Um, <laughs> so, we'll, um I've got a question here from uh, actually just one of my clients because we've been dinner with her and she's been getting. Phenomenal results, but she's been dealing with some issues for a long, long time. And she says, um, I was pre menopause at age 49, regular periods, but still starting to experience irregularities like longer than five days, sometimes heavy, barely anything mm-hmm. there or one uh, day normal, the other four spotting. What can be done to prepare the body for the end of menstruation years ahead? Also, every test known to man has come up with nothing unusual for a woman my age, and yet I've been growing a thick beard Uh, it's quite soul destroying aside from the nutrition that we've covered and we're going for diet and lifestyle practices um what hormone imbalances can cause this and what can i do about it problem started back in 2005
1: Mm -hmm. well if your doctor hasn't been testing the correct androgens that can be a bit of what is going on so um this is an important thing to understand when it comes to androgens like testosterone these are based um on men and an understanding like um uh you know there are doctors who understand that younger women will have higher testosterone now we need to test total testosterone free testosterone sex hormone binding globulin and DHT DHT is the potent androgen that will cause that hair growth on your face i'm sorry to say this but there is nothing to get rid of that hair growth except for electrolysis or destroying the hair follicle you can prevent more hair from growing, but what's already there, you have to destroy the follicle. Now in that, if your doctor only tested total testosterone, and especially as we're in our later life, they may say, oh, well, you're at the top end of the normal range, you're normal. Well, no, because of like 48, that's not normal. Like that is that is elevated. Um, in addition, we have to look at the bioavailable and the free testosterone, because that can be evalu- evaluated. And most doctors will only look at testosterone. If you're someone who has symptoms and your doctor says your labs are normal, you may need to work with a naturopathic or functional medicine doctor that looks at that looks at your symptoms and your labs together instead of just looking at reference ranges. So that's a couple of things there is making sure that you have the right lab testing. Now, as we transition um, into perimenopause and then subsequently menopause, we still rely heavily on our gut our liver, our adrenal glands, and our thyroid to function optimally. And there is a chapter on every one of those in my book. And so you have to be supporting liver detoxification of these hormones, of gut excretion and kidney excretion of these hormones. When you go through menopause, your ovaries are designed to quit. Your adrenals are not. So you're going to lean very heavily on them. And they're going to require you to go to sleep, to ditch bad relationships and like you know, be, be more happy and less stressed in life. They also want good blood sugar regulation, which can be more difficult as we age, as mitochondria start to die and our tissues are changing. So anything you can do to help stimulate mitochondrial health. So yes, there's CoQ10, but there's also, you know, making sure they have lots of antioxidants, low environmental toxin exposure, ending your showers in cold water or doing cold plunges. Like I hope everybody hears what I'm saying. This is all stuff that doesn't happen in a doctor's office. This is all stuff that you can be doing every day to really take those steps closer to health. And when it comes to excess androgens in women, you know there are lots of natural treatments that you know don't have some of the side effects as medications, like saw palmetto, nettle root, uh, eating pumpkin seeds and oysters, which are rich in zinc, can help with modulating those testosterone levels. And so really queuing in. To, yes, there's the p- part that your doctor plays, but you have a personal responsibility in your health. And there is so much that you can do to really take the reins of your hormonal health and thrive in this life.
0: Uh, that's awesome. I, I'd say, you know, that's really good because you mentioned basically lots of – every every answer you put in there, you said you've had certain tests and certain things you can do. But you've mentioned lifestyle factors every time. It's what I need people to understand, like the root of this – you know, I always say to people, you don't hear of alligators with PCOS or rattlesnakes with gut issues. <clears throat> a lot of these are modern lifestyle issues because we're living outside of, of what nature intended. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we've actually done some really good work with Helen. She's in a completely different place from what she was before. So that's great is in terms of what little things that we can do to check. So thank you very much for the answer. That was, that was awesome. Um, Dr. Uh, Brighton, any, any so you've, you've done Beyond the Pill. Uh, any other books coming out in the future?
1: Well, Beyond the Pill just came out this year, so there are there are more books in the work. I I have uh, one book that I previously published, and um, I I actually have another one I've written and I haven't published, and other ones that are uh, brewing right now. So yes, there will be more books um, in the future. Right now, I you know I just I wanted to be really aware that I didn't just drop Beyond the Pill on everybody, freak them out, and then be like, bye, I'm off to the next thing. And so I'm really trying to be present with women to support them on this journey to make sure that they're getting their questions answered and um with what um, women are writing me and what they need next there's definitely another book coming
0: yeah 100 percent. it was a uh, really good i would say to anyone go and go and read it and it's great to get you on and uh, i'm sure we'll get you back on in the future because and, uh, as always <laughs> whenever you go into into a topic always more questions that come out of it but um thank you very much for giving us your time today it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh yeah this when this goes out i'm uh, i'll let you know how people uh, how people respond but i'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll love it but thank you very much for coming on
1: yeah thank you so much for having me i appreciate it
0: no worries so guys and girls that was dr jolene brighton as i said before you can find her on instagram if you look for her under dr jolene brighton and she's at www drbrighton.com uh, awesome information there, Could go so much deeper I do actually want to get back on the show because there's so much more we can talk about there um, and yeah, I mean it's really, really good to talk to someone who's got so much knowledge there not only going into it, answering questions um, so before there's lots of stuff we didn't even touch on because unfortunately we we're really, really um, short on time, but I hope you got the gist of it which was, you know yes, certain tests, etc we need, need to get but basics first you know diet and lifestyle making sure you're living a, a balanced life again as we always talk about dr diet right the food you eat dr movement the right exercises for you dr quiet the right amount of introspection and dr happy your purpose you know and sleep The uh, right water making sure your body's not overly stressed making sure you're not rushing everywhere we always talk about rushing women's syndrome just try and relax and do less and remember you know to love yourself and make loving choices for yourself and try not to get caught up in the rat race. Um that's yeah, the you always said what's the issue with the rat race is even if even if you stop stop racing you're still a rat and that's the that's the problem. You know we need to get to to understand you need to just slow down with a lot of things and a lot of issues that come about from from living outside of Mother Nature's rules and Living outside that balance and pushing your body into 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 stressful situations. So yeah, lots of great information there. Doctor Jolene Brighton will definitely be back on the show. She is brilliant. Uh, as I have mentioned before the show, head on over to www.reviveyourself.co for our articles. We've also got a shop there full of different supplements and products that I recommend. You know, I wouldn't recommend you you anything. I wouldn't take myself. It's all top top quality. All just whole foods, organic, whole foods in concentrated form. um, Come from the best places on the planet. Um, And yeah, if you are dealing with a chronic health issue and you're looking to get to the bottom of it, get to the root of it, and so you can start living life on your terms again, get your energy back, and whatever it may be, gut issues, skin issues, then hit me up um, at uh, www.reviveyourself.com. If you click on the contact tab or if you send me an email to ryan at reviveyourself.co I will get back to you as soon as I can and we can set up a call where we can discuss if and how we can help you but I'm pretty sure we can otherwise guys and girls that's it for today um, got some great interviews lined up for you but yeah anyone you know who can benefit from this information please share it with them like this, send it out to people, the the more likes and shares and downloads we get, the more time I can put into it, the better guests I can get on. And also, if you can, you know, go to our shop and buy supplements from us, that would be great because it allows me to, to it gives me some, some funds to float this thing, to put more time and energy into it. We're also going to be on Patreon very soon. As I mentioned before, the book will be coming out imminently. So that's all going on.